0: On this episode of the Naturist Living Show, a brief history of nakedness.
1: This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca
0: Welcome, dear listeners, to episode number 37 of the Naturist Living Show. My name is Stefan Deschaines. I am your host for this podcast, of course, and I'm also the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. And um, if you've been listening for a long time or you've caught up to the shows, you know that I'm a big fan of uh, history. I think our history is interesting in naturism. We've basically been around for about 100 years now, a century of uh, thinking and growing and uh, changing. And uh, as you know, I'm no no—I'm uh, not shy to be a critic uh, of some of the things that we've uh, done and changed into, and uh, I'm a strong believer that naturism is a philosophy, not just uh, taking your clothes off, of course. So sometimes I like to go back, and I went back and I got myself a few of the uh, early books from the nineteen, uh, late 1920s and early 1930s, and um, I've read a few of them, and they were very interesting, uh, among the Nudists uh, by uh, Francis and Mason Merrill, uh, published in uh, 1931 or 32. I'd have to look it up, don't have it in front of me. At any rate, I, I actually got an original copy. This book and a few of the others that were published at the time were really key in spreading the message. In a time where, you know, uh, there was some radio, of course, being listened to, uh, certainly no television absolutely no internet, communication was challenging. Books were very, very influential. They still are today. But back then, they were even more important because they were really the only repositories of knowledge that people uh, referred to. And reading this book was really interesting for a number of reasons. You realize that in some ways, we are very similar still today, and we haven't changed that much. And in some ways, things have changed tremendously. Um, Some of the more interesting things were... Uh, you know, you're, you're, they're talking about the trip from New York City to uh, England and then Germany, where they learn about naturism and nudism. And, of course, they start by taking a ship. Um, when you think about it, in that time, 1929, I think is when they went across, they had no other option. There they were no planes. There were some planes, but certainly you couldn't cross the Atlantic with them. It was before World War II. Um, in the rural areas where naturist clubs were located there weren't really any uh, cars or motorized vehicles that would go out there. Uh, You had to take a horse and buggy to get there. Um, And when you went to uh, local establishments like restaurants, uh, many of them didn't have electricity in the country. So it was interesting because they they don't say this to be ironic because at the time it was the way it was. (laughs) It was fact. It wasn't ironic. It wasn't... uh, with the eye of what it was going to sound like in the future, because they had no idea what the future would be like. But one of the things they were seemed to be certain about is that the future would involve all of us being nude. And uh, there is the, the, naturism and the nudity was very important. Um, there was a book that came out uh, at that around that time as well, which they quote from uh, by John Langdon Davies, um, who's a quite well-known British author. And uh, he had written a book called The Future of Nakedness. And it's all about how he actually believed um, that in the future, everyone would be nude, that um, that would be the way to be, because they had just discovered that you could treat a lot of illnesses like tuberculosis by sun exposure. And the sun exposure had to be nude. And it's true, a lot of, uh, before antibiotics, this was before antibiotics were known and used, um, they found that you could cure this terrible disease simply by being in the sun. And uh, you've got to imagine, at that time, that seemed miraculous. um, And that clearly, uh, sun and air and exposure of the body was really important to health. And so John Langdon Davies actually imagines that in the... For see, in the near future, we will be all nude, all on a regular basis. So it it isn't just a uh, uh, a matter of uh, something to do uh, because they felt like it, because it feels freeing, because it feels nice. They really thought it was key to the advancement of society. And so when they go and discover, um, uh, going back to. Uh, Francis and Mason Merrill, when they go and discover these naturist club, it is with the belief that this is the future for the world and that there will be that kind of growth. Of course, we know now that that didn't happen. Uh, we know, though, that the sun, uh, while well forgotten for a while, is coming back as an important health factor, that the natural way is important to keep us strong, uh, that uh, modern medicine can help. But to stay healthy, you need uh, you need nature. You need to be true to who we are, And make sure that our body gets what it needs and what it's designed for. So it was a it was a fun book to read, and and I really realized that naturism uh, from the very beginning was a true philosophy. I mean, of course, it was extremely strong as a health philosophy. In fact, it wasn't much more than a health philosophy too, which is interesting. So that part also evolved. At the time, it was all about health. Um, It was about uh, nutrition. Uh, Many times, it was vegetarian only. Uh, many. It was no smoking, no alcohol. Uh, exercise regimens were really key. Daily exercise, of course, that's good too, and we know that as well. So, naturism really was a, a very important health concept for them. The idea that it was also about respect for self and others, I think, came later. Uh, now, it's also part of a life philosophy uh, of naturism. Um, because we've thought the whole thing through. We recognize a few more things. Just like, you know, at the time, also reading John Langdon Davies' book, it's shockingly racist and anti-Semitic. But of course, we, we have to judge him in the context of the time. Everybody was racist. Um, but some of the comments uh, where he actually uh, openly discusses the idea that the white people are the superior race, as proven scientifically, is is almost comical to read because we know that to be so ridiculous so the, the philosophy of respect for self and others and and how that fits into a clothing and how clothing is actually oppressive in terms of uh, making people feel bad about themselves is something that came later but something uh, that came with uh, our analyzing and uh, understanding better what it meant to be noon amongst uh, others and with others And even back in the early 30s in these books, um, you do get that sense that there's more to it. And even going back to that book in the 30s, they're already discussing, though, the difference between nudism and naturism. That far back, nearly 100 years ago, nudism was simply being nude, whereas naturism was a much more holistic philosophy. Uh, In some ways, they talk about nudism being the health cure and naturism already being more of a philosophy about getting closer to nature and uh, living a more natural way. And uh, with that, a different relationship that people have to each other and to their bodies. But not quite to the same level that we've discovered now. But again, what was getting people excited and interested is that it wasn't just about not wearing clothes. Behind, whether it was nudism or naturism, behind it was a strong philosophy. And that's what attracted people to the movement. And that is what still rings true today. I see it at Bear Oaks as we grow. I see the young people that come, the new people that come, who have never tried naturism, and it happens week- and so often all summer long. There were weekends where we were doing nine, ten uh, tours uh, per day, on Saturday and on Sunday, of couples and families who had never tried naturism before and were there to discover it. But they were looking for more than just taking their clothes off. They were looking for a better way. They were looking for a philosophy, which, of course, we're not shy to, uh, to, to talk about and to, to promote and to say that that's what we are. So if you have a chance, you can buy these books still relatively inexpensively, uh, even though they're almost 100 years old. Um, if you go online, there's a number of uh, online resources, uh, Abe Books and Libris. Um where you can look for some of these books and buy them for twenty thirty dollars and have them shipped to you and it's a it's an interesting read. I think we should all understand our history, where we've been and where we've gone from there and what what did we lose that we should have lost, and what did we lose that we should have kept, and what are we missing now that maybe we uh, should go back to a little bit Now, there is also modern history, modern history, uh, in terms of a modern history book uh, that I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's an interesting book which we carry at the Bear Boutique um, at Bear Oaks, which is the retail outlet uh, at Bear Oaks, and, as well as an online store. Um, and it's called A Brief History of Nakedness. And I, I was fascinated to read this because when you read it, it's written by a gentleman named Philip Cargom in uh, the UK. Um Who's also a uh, into uh, druidry, and um, he writes this book um, from a slightly different standpoint. He was he became a naturist, but he wasn't. Uh, he was interested in all kinds of other uh, spiritual movements and ideas, which is why he became a druid. And uh, it the idea of naturism fit in well with a lot of those thoughts and his spirituality. And so, in writing this book. Um, he puts a lot of emphasis on uh, uh, naturism. Uh, sorry, nudity in uh, religion, and how most religion have uh, nudity as part of the religion. At least in the past, if they don't today, and he connects a lot of uh, issues with our body and protests and. Uh, Popular culture and how it's in some ways it's more accepted today than it used to be, but in some other ways it's more shameful than it ever was. Um, How it's used in politics, how it's used for Um, protest—it's—it's a very interesting way because, um, as they say, it surveys the touching and sometimes tragic, and often bizarre story of our relationship to our naked bodies. And as we've talked many times. As a society, we are quite warped. So it's not a book about naturism, but it's a book which clearly rings very, very true to us naturists. Um, It's very well written, well researched. And so I wanted to find out a little bit more uh, about the author and try to better understand how he came to write this book and how he came to become a naturist. So I gave him a call. Very nice to meet you. It's great to talk to you too. I read your book and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a okay. uh, it was it was a really nice uh, um, it was a really nice overall uh, history, I guess, uh, as the title suggests, a brief history of nakedness, not going into too much depth about any area, but touching on a lot of them. Um, how did you how did you come to write this book? Well, I think it was really when uh, I
2: was. Uh, researching the biography of my spiritual teacher, uh, when I was young, I, I studied Druidism uh, with the old Chief Druid in England. And uh, later, when I was 49 years old, I was decided to write his biography. He died way back in 1975, and uh, so about 10 years ago, I was writing his biography. And in it, in in his will, I discovered that he'd left a wooden chalet in a place called Spielplatz in Hertfordshire. And I didn't know what that place was, so I found I rang them up. I found them in the telephone directory. Uh, I rang them up, uh, discovered they were a a naturist resort. Somebody told me just before I rang them up. And so I I, I rang them up, and uh, I was invited to visit them on the hottest day of the year, 10 years ago. I arrived in this wonderful idyllic setting uh, on a beautiful sunny day, and I thought, why has it taken me almost half a century to discover the, the simple delight of just taking your clothes off and going skinny dipping and swimming and, and, and lying in the sun and so on? And so um, I, I uh, became fascinated by that. And then over the coming years, over the next few years, I became intrigued. And I think, you know, one of the there were probably a number of steps that led towards writing the book. Another key step was uh, going on a long walk, uh, coming to the top of the hill, an old Iron Age fort, feeling very hot, um, looking around and, and starting to take my clothes off just to enjoy the spot and and, and wondering if, if it was illegal to do that. I suddenly thought, well, this is very strange. If somehow by just being myself with nothing on top of me, I am somehow breaking the law. So this kind of existential strangeness of that idea came upon me suddenly and uh, I decided to you know start exploring it uh, more seriously
0: so th- this book you've written um, I-, I guess in some ways you've become a naturist but you're not a naturist first um, even though this book is really something which would be uh, could have been written by a naturist and is of great interest to naturists. So who are you first? what are you you say are you a Druid or is that what you call yourself?
2: <laughs> well you know you know I, I, anytime one tries to, to describe oneself or to use a label immediately I, I sense myself feeling limited. It's a bit like putting on clothing isn't it yeah. so you can <laughs> say that I'm male or I'm white or I'm middle class or I'm English you know and they're all true those statements are all true but as soon as I say them, I feel slightly restricted. So um I I would say for, you know, first of all, I'm I'm human. That, that's the main thing, I guess. And uh although some people I suppose might doubt that sometimes, my wife in particular. Uh but um but 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 I but I have become a naturist, but I I would sort of wear the label lightly. I I i am a druid, that's the my the sort of spiritual path that I follow, but I'm also interested in all sorts of other paths. And I even find calling myself just a druid is is a limiting kind of label. Um, well, but, I, but you're
0: uh, you're not just a druid. You founded a druid organization in which you lead, don't haven't you?
2: Well, well, well that's right. Um, well, my my teacher, who, I, who whose biography I wrote, Ross Nichols, he founded the order in back in 1964, <clears throat> and I was uh, I, I, I was asked to lead it in uh, 1988. So um, so I didn't found it,
0: but I'm I'm leading it now. I've been leading it for the last 20 years. Yes. And so for a lot of our listeners are naturists but probably don't know much about druidism, What what is druidism? Is that the correct term, druidism? Yeah, druidism or druidry. Well, of course, druidry and
2: naturism go very well together, and we have a section on our web- website called Druidry and Naturism because druidry is really uh, a spiritual path for people who feel that being out in nature is their way of meeting god or the goddess or being at one or um taking the path to enlightenment so it's it's a spiritual way it's inspired by the old uh pre-christian uh religion of the druids uh that came from the you know northwestern europe way back um and it experienced a revival about 300 years ago when people started to explore their roots in this part of the world and um Today, it appeals to people who are spiritual by nature, but who generally find the established religions a little too restrictive or not quite answering uh, their needs. And so one of the things that interested me about nakedness in general is is the spiritual component in that. So as you'll know from my book, a third of the book deals with the spiritual component of being naked. And... um, it's all about, I guess, Druidism, you know, is about getting closer to the natural world and coming to hear the song of the river and of the stars and of the trees and so on. And so we have different ways of doing that. We have meditations and we have ceremonies and festivals to get in tune uh, with the rhythm of the seasons. And uh, there's a strong stress on what's called the bardic arts, the arts of storytelling and uh, music and um poetry. And uh, all of this, you know, as I said, goes, goes well with the theme of naturism, being natural.
0: It does. I've, I've always said that, uh, you know, I feel closer to God when I'm uh, in, nude in nature than when I'm, you know, wearing a suit and tie in a church. Um, that feels very artificial, whereas, uh, you know, the, you, it's almost like you can sense God when you're in nature. Uh, what God is depends, I guess, on your beliefs
2: exactly there's a there's a great quote that i managed to get into the book from dolly parton who said i feel closest to god when i when i'm at the bottom of my garden naked running naked along the you know by the stream or something uh you know which is exactly it and there's a you know there is this concept of uh you know that you have in christianity called standing naked before god nothing in the way nothing in the way just you and the divine however you experience that and 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 of course what you know what i discovered very quickly was that in virtually every religious approach um some people have discovered what dolly parton you and i and other people have discovered which is that it's a it's a way of feeling closer to to whatever this you know nameless reality is that we might call god or the divine or
0: yeah i really enjoy that about the book actually is that um, it's, it's not a book about religion, or, or about Druidry for that matter, uh, but it, it does touch, as you say, I guess about a third of it, on how many religions uh, actually have nudity, if not currently in their history, as a component of their beliefs. I was quite amazed. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. If you look at religious behavior, you see how people,
2: you know, since time began, people have tried to find ways— to gain enlightenment, salvation, get close to God, however you want to term it, to uh, change their consciousness. And they found all sorts of ways to do it, like meditation, like ritual, like ingesting hallucinogenic substances, like fasting, like chanting, uh, like spinning round and round like whirling dervishes. So they've tried all these different technologies or ways. And there's actually one way that is very, very simple, which is simply being naked in nature. That people don't really know about that much unless they're in the know, unless they, they have discovered it themselves or are members of a religious group that use nakedness in a religious context. So that's what fascinated me, that this very sort of simple method in a way that is uh, you know, isn't dangerous, isn't harmful to your health, um, can lead to precisely the same goals.
0: Now the book is is obviously very well researched. Lots of excellent uh, images and photographs as well that really illustrates your point, and which I think is important in a situation like this, um, uh, because you you know you can talk about it, but visually seeing the nudity uh, in all those contexts uh, adds you know as they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. What you must have done a lot of work to put this book together, um, and. How, how did you manage to do that? I mean, given, given that uh, Druidry is sort of your, your main uh, focus, um, mm. how did you manage to find the time to put the, so much into this book?
2: Well, the, the book, I guess, took about nine years to create. And um, there's a particular kind of technique that I've developed over the years with the books I've done, whereas I, I get an idea for a book and I open a file on my computer and I open a, a physical file in my filing cabinet and I start to gather stuff like a magpie and I talk to friends about it. And I, you know, when I've got a, an hour free, I'll roam the net and look for things. And gradually uh, the material just comes in and, and and you know how time flies, you know, yeah. and so- suddenly you're, you know, you're, it's four years on and you've got a whopping great file of material. And um, and and then slowly a kind of structure starts to coalesce. And for me, it was looking—you know—the the the book looks at nakedness in religion, then it looks at it in politics, and then it looks at it in popular culture. There's these sort of three areas which are very rich and fertile fields. Mm-hmm. And so a kind of structure develops. And um, and then the actual writing, I kind of work very fast to do that. So, so the writing took about a year, and I, I, I found a, a fantastic publisher who uh, was very keen on the idea and supported me and so on, and, uh, and 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 so I took a year of actual writing, but behind that year is sort of you know eight years nine years of of research, um you know that's that's built towards it.
0: Well, that's that's quite an enterprise you uh because yeah. especially since you know the if a naturist had written this book they would have probably started with already a a fair amount of material and, and knowing where to get some of it but uh it was all new to you well well yes well what i did is you know 10 years
2: ago when i when i discovered spielplatz and, and i discovered how <coughs> how pleasant it was i i got myself a little chalet there and i used that as a as a writing chalet so and i i uh Joined, the, uh, you know, uh, the British Naturist uh, Movement and uh, British Naturism, and I subscribed to a couple of Naturist magazines, one in the States. And then, what find Carl Jung, the great psychologist, talked about how when you're working on a particular subject, how um, a whole sort of host of synchronicities seem to occur. So, for instance, one of the big synchronicities that occurred with this is uh, once I decided to work on this book and start gathering material my next door neighbor came up to me one day as I was standing outside the house and said, oh, look, I'm throwing away a whole load of naturist magazines. We discovered that we were naturists and that he he was in his uh, late 80s by then. Uh, You know, I discovered a few months before that he was a naturist. And um, he said to me, I'm throwing away these old magazines. And he had a complete archive of the very earliest copies of uh, the Sunbathing Review from the 1930s. He had a copy of the Canadian Federation uh, um, early magazines from the 1940s, I guess. Um, So suddenly I had this instant archive of naturist magazines from way back. Um, And, of course, you know, we're terribly blessed these days. You can go on to um, abe.com and um, you know American Book Exchange and uh, and, uh, and and Amazon, and you can just get secondhand books. So I quickly built up a collection of secondhand books, stretching way back into the 1930s as well on naturism, and uh, I was helped hugely by uh, CEC Cinder's book. On the history of naturism, a great tome which is very comprehensive, which studies the history of uh, naturism and so on. So, so I was able to gather quite an archive of material quite quickly, and I was also able to work at it in a naturist resort with a tremendous history as well. And the old the daughters of the founder uh, still live there, and they they were able to take me through all their old photo archive and to talk about the early days and so on.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I actually interviewed Cease uh, Cinder uh, for a uh, an earlier podcast, and uh, he has probably one of the most comprehensive libraries of uh, naturist material in the world, from the sounds of it, yet not a public one. And, um,
2: well, well, well he, and he was tremendously helpful to me. For instance, when he heard I was working on the book, he just sent me... The entire, uh, an entire set of the back issues of Free Beach News, for instance, uh, which is you know a magazine that he'd uh, you know edited in the states and so on. So 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 you know I had a, a lot of material, and I I spent I spent a lot of time out in New Zealand, and uh, so I wrote quite a bit of this book out in New Zealand. I stayed at a naturist resort out there in Catty Catty, and uh, was able to you know sort of study naturism in new Zealand and and you know there's a couple of books. there's a book on Canadian naturism that i've that I've got here, Au naturel. Um, you know there's a book on Australian nudism produced by an academic in Australia. there's a, there's a lot of interesting resource material out there for anybody who wants to
0: study this. yeah. and uh, so one questions I, I had on two occasions in the book, uh, at the very beginning and about halfway through, you talk about, uh, nudism uh, being on the decline since the 1960s. Do you mean yeah. that as distinct from naturism, or are you using the two terms interchangeably?
2: Well, what, what I meant by that is, I think I qualified it by saying um, social social nudism uh, or social naturism. What I mean by that is, is um, as far as I understand, what happened was with the history of naturism that it reached its peak. In, uh, in about the 1950s. So, you know, we, we probably all know the story of how uh, in Europe it developed out of the, uh, you know, really the Lebensreform, the life reform movements in, in Germany, the fantastic cures that were being developed uh, for TB uh, using, using nudism as a way of, you know, getting fresh air and light to people and so on. And so the, with the health benefits and then the, the, the development of clubs, uh, that that uh, brought people together, uh, reached their peak in the fifties, and then what we had is we had the advent of cheap air travel, package holidays, and and people who uh, lived in, uh, in 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 Europe certainly found that because of the vagaries of the weather that they could travel abroad and get their kind of dose of sunshine in naturist resorts in in France and Italy and Greece and so on uh, where there was a a long tradition of naturism and club life began to decline and you know I'm sure there are other factors as well just changing social patterns you know the way I mean you know people have found out for instance I was talking to somebody in France about the decline in social activity in French villages where there was always the bar for instance where people would go and hang out in the bar bar tabac and would smoke and drink and chat and of course television has killed that television and the supermarket because right. the, you, know, you buy the booze more cheaply in the supermarket and you stay at home and and uh, watch the television and now you can't smoke in these places because it's illegal and you have to go outside and same thing in in britain the pub the, the, the world of the pub has been hugely affected because people can't smoke in pubs anymore and and alcohol is much cheaper in supermarkets, so you have these broad sort of social trends. So a whole a combination of them, I think, has meant that social club naturism has declined. Um, do, do you has that applied in Canada as well?
0: Well, I, I was going to say I, I don't fully agree with that conclusion, but again, it depends on how you define. The terms and what you're looking for. Um, I think, you know, I've also read a number of the old books, and I, I love, as you say, it's, it's wonderful how I, you can get uh, among the nudists, a 1931 edition. Uh, I, I bought it for $20, and I had it in a week, whereas it would have been impossible. I would have been searching for years, old bookstores, trying to find it before the Internet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think what you were seeing there is, at that time is there was this um, You know, it was pre antibiotics, and that the sun was this wonderful cure uh, for the uh, uh, for for the 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 health the very health problems, the very real diseases that they had. Um, And once they you had antibiotics, it was no longer as urgent. Um, yeah. And the work of Adolf Koch uh, with the schools and uh, to have healthy kids, I think a lot of that went by the wayside. But in terms of membership in uh, organizations like British Naturism, uh, AANR in the U.S., the Federation of Canadian Naturists, there was kind of growth through the '80s. Uh, was yeah? That? Interesting? Yeah, in terms of of membership uh, and circulation of magazines. Uh, growth kept. There was a continuous growth. The big boom uh, is seems to be at least in North America was in the uh, '60s and early '70s. But it was all very mixed up with sexual revolution. And uh, 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 don't you
2: think that? mean um, you know, obviously, to to really know, we'd have to look at all the statistics of you know, membership of clubs and so on yes. over the years. But what I suspect is that isn't it that more people are, are, are perhaps practicing uh, naturism out in nature on their own, going to free beaches and nature's beaches and skinny dipping and or, or just not bothering to wear clothes at home when it's warm and so on. Yes. But actually being members of clubs and spending their weekends at clubs, I suspect has
0: declined. Has it not? It has, an, and it's certainly widely reported that it has. Um, yeah. There's no question what has definitely declined is membership in organizations because it's no longer necessary. You can go and find a resort or a club or a vacation destination, a naturist one, without, through the Internet, and none of them require membership in an organization anymore before you're admitted. So yes. there, there's no question that that kind of, uh, uh, of membership has grown, gone down. And you're also right. I, you know, I, see, um, I don't see any decline in the number of people who attend uh, beaches like Red Beach in Vancouver. Um, and uh, Hanlon's Point, which is a nude beach in Toronto, was designated in 1999 and has had a fairly steady growth in attendance ever since. So it's less organized, absolutely. Um, Mm. I think part of the mix-up that we've had, though, is this whole sexual liberation and naturism and nudism, um, I, I, I kind of coined a few months ago a, ter- a term because people mix up naturism and nudism. In, in the United States, it tends to be more nudism. In Europe, yeah. it tends to be more naturism. And yet often the people mean the same thing when they're in the way they practice it. So I, yes. I've talked about ethical naturism versus recreational naturism. Uh-huh.
2: uh-huh. Oh, and say more about that. That sounds a nice distinction.
0: Yeah, well, it's because I've discovered um that there is a clear d- difference in what people want. Um there are a lot of people that uh seek the uh uh ethical naturism where it's not just taking your clothes off. The recreational nudist or naturist uh it's more an option to wearing a bathing suit at at the most at the lowest level of recreational naturist or nudist. Like everything, I, I consider it to be a scale. But I certainly see people who just don't like to wear a bathing suit and it means nothing beyond that. And in yeah. fact, they are very happy to be dressed in between. Yeah. Uh, the far end is the recreational naturist or nudist who believes that it, it, it can make the world a better place, that it yes. promotes equality and health and there's a spirituality to it and you feel closer to nature. Um, and that side, I think, has disappeared a lot. I think I've seen a lot of clubs, and I, you could tell me about Spielplatz, but I've seen a lot of yeah. old clubs that have evolved away from their spiritual naturism or the uh, ethical naturism into a, a very a banal, uh, a simple recreational naturism.
2: Right, right, That that's interesting, isn't it? I, I, I don't have you know enough experience of clubs uh to 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 be able to say that if that's so that's a shame i know i know exactly the distinction you're making and i think you know what interests me is that ethical end of it
1: mm-hmm. where
2: where it's it's an experience that's leading one closer to nature to respect nature more uh to be cl- yes to 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 um uh, treat each other with greater respect and so on uh as opposed to just a sort of hedonistic enjoyment, I mean, which which is there's nothing wrong with that either. I don't want to sound like a puritan, uh, but I but I just think that naturism has the potential for being so much more. I and mean, what I'm finding is in in my I, you know, I I travel around and I do lots of work with groups and so on. And and and, and recently had a we had a healing retreat at Spielplatz with uh, about twenty people who came along, and 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 I I think. What is uh, heartening is to see that there are many people who do understand the ethical and spiritual dimension of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may be just because that's the world I move in; those are the kind of circles I move in. Um, but but I think again, in 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 which is why you know I focused on it. You know, for a third of the book is is that when you start to explore that field, you you, you see that there are. You know, increasing numbers of people who are aware of, of the fact that naturism can bring them some spiritual benefits, um, as well as, you know, more simpler um, hedonistic benefits, if you like.
0: Well, do you find, though, do you think in your research that Spielplatz uh, has as strong of a view of the idealism of naturism uh, than 40 years ago?
2: probably not. You know, I think if you look in any movement, uh, it goes through cycles. It's just like the seasons, you know. And I think, you know, perhaps the summertime of the organized social nudist movement was the 1950s. And it's been going into a kind of autumn and sort of is now in a kind of wintry period. What I hope will happen is that there will be a kind of rebirth a new cycle that the naturist world will go into as more people experience the spiritual benefits of of naturism and i think whilst that may not happen i think it may possibly happen because we're undergoing this you know crisis where where suddenly the natural world is under threat and more and more people are realizing that and you know it's the old story is you only really value something when you risk losing it and as people wake up to the fact that they might lose uh, a lot of the beauty uh, that exists in this world what i hope is that people will become more environmentally aware more uh, responsible uh, environmentally and uh, they will seek, and what we're certainly seeing in the Druid movement is we're we're having in you know, every year, more and more people join our movement and, and and start studying Druidism because they want to cherish the earth and get back to it. and, and one of the ways you can do that is by uh, being naked outside in nature and connecting with with Mother Earth. Um so that's what I hope for.
0: Yes, I I, th- I I completely agree with you. Um, I also own a uh, a naturist club. Uh, my wife and I do uh-huh. do uh, called Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, which we took over five years. It'd been around since seventy two. Yeah, uh, it had very few members, one hundred and thirty six, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, we're well over five hundred now. Oh wow! Um, plus, we get thousands of visits uh, every summer from non-members because we do not force membership on people. right? Um, and I think, and a lot of young people, a lot of young people who've never tried naturism before, we're not taking from other clubs. And in my, my philosophy when I started, which seems to be proven right, was that you need some place that means something. You need a very strong ethical uh, background. And the example I give is if... Um, you know, if you went to a, a vegetarian restaurant because you were a vegetarian and passionate about vegetarianism, and you found on the menu that they had steak, yeah. you'd be very disappointed. You expect the restaurant that has the philosophy to have a stronger belief than you do. And similarly when you go to church, if you went to church and found that the 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 priest or minister or leader somehow Was less uh, passionate about the religion than you are. You would equally be disappointed. You expect these destinations to be uh, beyond where you are, so that you can learn and you can completely bathe yourself in this philosophy. And which is why I have the podcast. Which is why we try to really make it more than just taking your clothes off. How fantastic! Well, thank you. I, I think I think that the the big where we all went wrong as a movement is trying to be mainstream. And huh. and my listeners are going to roll their eyes when I say this because I keep saying it. One of the biggest mistakes was being clothing optional.
2: Oh really? In order, okay. to... oh that's interesting. Okay, yes. So your place isn't the clothing optional.
0: No, no, because uh, clo- I mean I have a whole show where we, where I just explain the reasons and a web page and all that. Hmm. But essentially, uh, we water it down. That's like offering hamburger in the vegetarian restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you either come for the philosophy or you don't. And uh, if you are clothing optional, it was with the idea of being inclusive. But in being inclusive, we watered down what we were all about.
2: Well, you know, I can understand that. I went to a, a, a nature's place in New Zealand once, which had become clothing optional. And I found it really difficult I, I, I turned up there and, and everybody seemed to be clothed. So of course, yes. you know it's really hard to take your clothes off in that kind of environment with everybody there, and so I can see that point. But how wonderful that you've 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 seen this this trend uh, get your membership going up. I think that's fantastic. Uh, that that's that's really good news. And do you so do you feel that the uh, this uh, more ethical, if you like, or spiritual or however you want to term it, idealistic approach to naturism is 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 that what you're working with in your resort?
0: Absolutely, and I, I think that's what uh, people want. That's why they first flock to naturism. Mm. Um, they were, and, and it's even more relevant today. You know, in a world where we tell people that it, 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 they're supposed to expose their body for the pleasure of others, not not for themselves, mm. and at the same time, we also tell them that their body is not good enough to yes. do that. Yes. I mean, it, it's 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 warped, and then we're throwing in now for the last uh, decade or so, uh, social networking, where our connection with people has become so artificial that we don't know that the person on the other end of your Facebook is sixteen or fifty yeah. male or female uh in the UK or in China. Yeah. You, you know, they tell you things but you don't know. I don't know if it's true. Yeah, exactly. That, that,
2: and one of the, the you know one of the, 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 the points I, I you know hope my book gets across is that you know that what what you don't accept, uh, what you reject, actually controls you. It's a kind of psychological law. What you repress, what you deny, has some controlling effect on you. And so, if you if you can just accept your skin, who you are, you can then let go of it. You can, you then don't have to be obsessed by your appearance. You don't have to be hung up about how you look. Uh, uh, you know, and there's a, there's a great key. So people think, I think, you know, one of the from the outside, people think that naturists or you know me writing this book about it must be obsessed by by nakedness and and by the body. But in fact, it's actually quite the reverse. I think once you can actually own it and 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 be comfortable with it, then you can let go of it as a kind of controlling factor in your life. It's a it's a kind of subtlety that some people don't appreciate. I think.
0: Yes, well, it's true. I, I well, first I often say that naturism is not about nudity. Um, it's about acceptance of self, of others, and getting closer to the environment. Nudity is just that tool, yes. uh, very important tool to get there. Yeah, and uh, people then people say, uh, "I've accused me of being, you know, obsessed with with being naked." I said, "Well." that's not really true because I'm dressed most of the time when somebody's talking to me about that. Yeah. And I say, I'm just as comfortable dressed talking to you, but let's go and take our clothes off and see who's the one who's obsessed. Y- yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: exactly. Yes, I said I was interviewed a, a lady when the book came out. It got a lot of publicity. And one lady rang up from the Times, I think it was, and she said uh, to me, um, aren't you making a lot of fuss about something that is really just, accept- it's not a big deal anymore? So I said to her, well, are you, are, you in a, are you standing in an office now? And she said, yes. And I said, well, if it's not a big deal, why don't you take your clothes off and carry on talking to me? And, <laughs> and, and straight away, and, you know, and she said, well, I couldn't do that. And I said, well, we, we, so you see, it still is a big deal. Even if you were really hot and you wanted to do that, you couldn't in, in, in your office at the moment, you know. Uh, well, you could, of course, that's the secret. But you could, yes. But, but it would be a big deal for you and everybody in the room. So so, um, so she got my point straight away.
0: So uh, that's actually a very nice segue into one of the other questions I wanted to ask. What kind of reaction did you get to the book?
2: Well, it was interesting. You know, I've been uh, writing books for 20 years now. And of course, I suppose, inevitably, this got the most publicity. And it got so many reviews. It got reviewed twice in the same papers. I remember sitting in a motorway cafe after all the flurry of reviews had come out, opening my copy of The Independent on Sunday, starting to look through the book reviews and feeling a bit just thinking, well, I won't be able to enjoy seeing the excitement of seeing a review of my own book anymore because this was this this has been reviewed in The Independent already. And I opened it and there was another review, you know, and again in the same paper. Um, so so, but the the greatest favor was done to me by a furious review by, it was reviewed on Friday in uh, in The Telegraph uh, by a don, an English don from uh, Cambridge. uh, And he gave it a fabulous review, really lovely, lovely review. And then on Sunday, uh, another English don, again from Cambridge, from a different university, reviewed it. And it was extraordinary. It was by a guy called Peter Conrad, and he just laid into me personally. strangely enough saying I was for some reason he decided that from looking at the photograph of my face on the back that I was obviously fat, uh, and it was bizarre. And 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 he was absolutely furious. And um, it was such a strange review. It provoked. It started going on to people's blogs saying, "Have you read this review that is so vicious and vitriolic?" And I got phoned up the next week by. Um, by the Wellcome Foundation, which is a huge medical foundation in the UK, asking me to speak at their um, conference called Skin Exposed, which uh, they spent a day talking about nakedness and they got British naturism to come along. They, they had an exhibition on, on skin in their sort of medical uh, museum. And they had a, a, a geneticist talking about, you know, why, why we, we are, our bodies are relatively hairless. Uh, they had some poetry. And uh, I gave a talk there, and then I got then I got uh, telephoned by the the Lowry Gal- Gallery, where they were having a Spencer Tunick exhibition, and they got me to go and speak up there. So I got a lot of great publicity uh, from this one negative review. So um, all in all, it's been very, and I got a couple of BBC radio interviews from it. Um, so it's it's had a lot of publicity, which has been you know really heartening, because sometimes you can write a book, it can be published, and and you don't get a single review, nothing happens. So this was in some nice big, you know, double
0: page spreads in the Sunday papers, you know. So it was, it was, it's been fun. So it, where there is a negative uh, reviews, because uh, I'm I'm a little puzzled because your book is very much a factual. So I, I'm I'm. What kind of negative review could you get?
2: Well, he he said uh, his 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 criticism was too much information. He you know the, there's a section in my book where I talk about. Shaving pubic hair because this is something that you know twenty years ago was kind of confined to uh, you know uh, I don't know the personal columns or, or letters pages of Forum magazine or something like that. But in the in in the recent in recent times, it's become the subject of um, Remington shaver ads uh there's, there's, a, there's an irish cosmetic company that did a, a video uh based on that idea um people like elton john talk about it and so on so, so he's kind of out of the closet and people talk about it uh but he found that very distasteful and um he he i'm, I'm not quite sure why he was so excited about it but he uh it made him angry. It touched a nerve, I think. Um, and, and, and I think he embarrassed himself because when you looked at the review online, you saw dozens of people commenting on him and what his hang-up was. So he was kind of out of step with the, the zeitgeist, I think definitely there. But, and it was the only negative review. I mean, I, I all the other reviews have been great, have been absolutely great, um, including reviews in academic publications. You know, there was a lady called Ruth Barkan who wrote a academic book called Nudity, and she wrote a a, a, a review for a sociology journal about it, which was very positive and, and, and so on. Yes, yeah, so I think his was the only negative
0: review. Yes, you, you, you referenced Ruth a few times. You seem to yeah. enjoy her book quite a bit. Did, did you um, uh, did you get the uh, very positive uh, reaction and support from the Naturist uh, movement?
2: Yes, yes, I I uh, I, I got nice reviews uh, from British Naturism and in health and efficiency. Uh, so that was nice. And I gave a, I gave a talk at uh, Spielplatz, and I just actually just today I was invited to talk at British Naturism's um, uh, weekend at Alton Towers in in November, which I'll try and get to. So um, yeah.
0: Very good. So, what what's uh, what's the, what's next? Uh, are you going to continue with uh, your interest in naturism and nudity? Any more books?
2: I I think I think probably what I want to do there's there's an interesting phenomenon that I've noticed um, occurs when, when I when I write a book. Uh, what happens is I I spend some years researching, then I write it then it's published, and then I give talks about it or workshops in some case, cases. And um, what happens in the course of the talks and the workshops and, and discussing it with people and reading reviews and getting feedback and so on, I then develop my ideas. Um, not sufficiently, I think, to do another whole book, but, but one of my little projects is to write an uh, essay about each of the books that I've written over the last 20 years as a kind of catch-up, as a kind of postscript. Um, And so so I've developed, I've got about halfway with writing the postscript to A Brief History of Nakedness, which I'll probably put up on the net, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Um, Kind of conclusions and, uh, you know, some more material that I've uncovered, and uh and so on and uh maybe some little personal anecdotes for instance you know spencer tunic of course who i wrote about in 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 the book uh about uh, six months after the book came out i was invited to a private spencer tunic shoot which is like a private party in in oxford where about 25 of us met up and he did a shoot for us and then gave us a set of um uh, you know gave us each a um a print a signed print as a as a as a result of that, and and that was tremendous fun. That was a great experience, a great evening, uh, and so on. So I think I'll write a, I'll write a you know maybe ten thousand words on that and put it up on the net and try and gradually work through all the books that I've written and, and do a similar kind of job. Um, but I don't think I don't think I've got enough material for another whole book on it.
0: So that's all for this episode of the Nature's Living Show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you'll find links to uh, the books that I've talked about and uh, all the websites and items that I mentioned on the show website in the show notes. And the website is located at naturistliving.bareoaks.ca. That's B-A-R-E, of course, bareoaks.ca, because we're in Canada. Keep sending your emails and your notes and your suggestions. I always love to read them. And I, ret- I think I respond to everyone, but of course, I can't read all these anymore on the show. There's just not enough time. But keep sending me the notes because I do, I do enjoy it. It keeps me going, and uh, it's good to get the feedback. The email address for the show is naturistliving, all one word, at bareoaks.ca. B-A-R-E, bareoaks.ca. Join us again in about a month for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show.
1: This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca.